Little flare, shallow right field. McCutcheon back to tack. He's going to try and score. Renfro right behind him. Safe, safe. Caratini wins it. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. stuff today. Brewers walked it off last night. We'll touch on that as well. I want to start two minutes here at the beginning, which is a little bit of a hot take. I just want to throw this out here. Maybe you agree. Maybe you don't. I tweeted about this about a half hour ago at Wisco Grant. Lily Zhao, Lily Zhao, uh, Fox 6 in Milwaukee. So I follow her on Twitter, but I don't watch Milwaukee broadcast TV. She tweeted earlier today, who's ready for Christmas Day? Packers Dolphins at noon, Bucks Celtics at four. And this tweet, it pushed my buttons a little bit. The NBA this year has a couple games, as always. Sixers and Knicks, that's at noon. Then Lakers, Mavericks, 2.30. Bucks, Celtics at 5. Grizzlies, Warriors at 8. And then Suns, Nuggets at 10.30. That's the night game. That sounds perfect, right? But the, then the NFL has got to be a part of things. And it's Packers, Dolphins, Broncos, Rams, Buccaneers, Cardinals, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't know if anyone agrees with this, but I feel very strongly about this. The NFL shouldn't play games on Christmas. This year, it's a Sunday, so it's a little weird, but Christmas is on a Wednesday, Tuesday. The NFL should sit it out. The NFL should not play games on Christmas. It's too much. It's too much. I now need to be locked in and engaged and watching every moment of stressful, meaningful, important football games while I'm trying to share food and fellowship and celebrate Christ's birth with my family. I don't want to watch football on Christmas. I want to watch it on Thanksgiving. I want to watch it on Thanksgiving. I don't want to watch it on Christmas. The NBA on Christmas is tradition. It's easy. You can watch it in the background. You can walk into the kitchen, get some food, come back. Oh, look at the score. Dial in for the last couple of minutes or leave it on mute and play Andy Williams. That's a great way to do Christmas as well. I don't eat football on Christmas. I don't expect everyone to agree with that. I was just arguing with one of my buddies in a Twitter group chat just a couple minutes ago about this. I feel very strongly about this. And we're going to revisit this when December rolls around. Probably about the third week of Advent, when things really start getting ramped up, then we can revisit this topic. I just want to plant my flag on this hill now. Shouldn't be any NFL games on Christmas. I needed to get that off my chest. NBA schedule came out today. I just printed off the Bucks season schedule right before the show today. Taped it to the wall right in front of me behind the computer monitor. Awesome day. Found a way to make it a negative. Complain about Christmas. It's what Jesus would have wanted. He would have wanted his birthday to become a point of contention in the sports talk world. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm really excited for tonight. We have some positivity with the Brewers. We can talk about that right at the jump here. And then a lot of Packers things. I worked today, guys. I I felt like I was sitting here cutting veggies, you know, just tediously. Anytime you make a stew or some sort of casserole, or uh, maybe you maybe you make ratatouille. Have you ever made ratatouille? And you just have to sit there, and you got to put the work in. You got to slice, 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 slice. Empty the cutting board. Slice, slice. That's how I felt today. Just little Packers topics that I wanted to get to, and I was doing research and digging up numbers and cutting audio. And this is going to be a polished show, folks. This isn't going to be a random show where we take a call from Eric on I ninety and then we go down some rabbit hole. We're going to be focused tonight. I have a little bit of Matt Lafleur audio that I want to play in about 25 minutes. I actually want to bring the Badgers into our Packers conversation and into our NFL conversation, a topic that 
Vagabond John brought us on Monday, and we touched on a little bit, but I want to go deeper. That's at 435. After 5 o'clock, I want to talk about the idea of quantity versus quality with the Packers offense in 2022. And it's something that we brought up yesterday a little bit. A tweet from at just Jeff, who's a frequent tweeter of the show, kind of said, well, how many points should the Packers offense be scoring this year? And I said, I I don't know if it's about a point total. I don't know if it's about quantity. I think it's about quality. So those are some of the things that we're going to touch on with the Packers tonight. You can text and call 608-796-2558. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant, except for whatever reason, my Google Chrome is not running Twitter today. It won't open. So I had to open another window with Firefox like a caveman. Who uses, who uses Firefox anymore? And now I, I, I don't have the extra space in the monitors. I, I set things up so everything has its little nook and cranny, and now I have this extra window. So patient with me on Twitter today. It's a whole ordeal, I know. First world problem. Let's start with the Brewers last night really quickly. I played a little gig up in Alaska, just up to the north with a few buddies. Uh, we were there until around 945. Love that. Sometimes we play gigs 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Don't love that. <laughs> don't love that at all. Uh, but we played up in Alaska last night until about 9.45. And we were done packing up. I checked my phone and my dad texted me, Yelich finally hit a home run. First time in over a month. And I'm like, no kidding. The first game I don't watch in weeks, Yelich does this. Swing and a high drive. Christian Yelich for the first time since July 2nd goes deep. I love how that was, that was levering, right? That wasn't Lane Grindle. Sometimes I, I get them mixed up, especially when they're not with each other. And I can't compare them to each other. I love we had that date just ready to go. Like, sometimes I'll write things on Post-it notes in front of me here just so I can't miss it because I know it's going to come up and I'm going to need this bit of info. Jeff Levering had that date circled. Whenever he hits a home run, I'm pointing out, yeah, last one was July 2nd, which is funny. Some nice situational hitting at the end of the game. Renfro did bunt in extras, still needed the hit to win. You needed Caratini's hit. That was the thing that did it. But I guess the bunting crowd, you can take your victory lap. I don't want to spend too much time on this game today. I don't want to dwell on this game because, sadly, I... I don't really think it means that much. Is it negative to say that that was maybe the most underwhelming walk-off I've ever watched? I was actually just frustrated that I was still awake. I was tired. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to I want to deal with this. Long day at work. You know, we played a show, like I said. I'm like, I don't need 13 innings tonight. It's too much. It's too much. So when the game ended, it was more of like, oh, thank God. Turn the TV off, go to bed. Wasn't celebrating the Brewers last night. This is how last night's walk-off felt to me. I was talking about this with a buddy this morning. Walking off the Dodgers last night felt a little bit like finding 20 bucks in the couch cushion on the 31st of the month. And you're like, oh, now I can pay rent. That was the last 20 bucks I needed. Great, now I'm good. And And I can stay alive for one more month and avoid getting evicted. That's what it felt like. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent. Oh, my God, there's 20 bucks in the couch cushions. I found an old $20 bill in the pocket of my winter jacket in the closet. You know what I mean? Like, man, we paid rent barely, and I don't know what we're going to do next month for rent, but that's next month's problem, right? That's a little bit how last night's Brewers win felt. This Brewers team feels like they're playing on borrowed time. Doesn't mean they couldn't get hot. They got Keston Hira in the lineup, Keston Hirup. He's in the lineup tonight, so that gives me a little juice, but I don't know. Feels inevitable. Feels like this team just isn't very good, and the sooner we just admit that and watch the games with that in mind, I think we'll save ourselves a lot of time and frustration. I do want to talk about the Packers before we take our first break. Let's shift to the Packers. All right, let's shift to this. Yep, Colin, thank you. 
Aaron Rodgers was critical of the young wide receivers yesterday. Wow, calling him out, frustrated, angry Aaron Rodgers. Um, or at least that's what the headlines said. We talked a little bit about this on last night's show. I saw the tweets before I heard the audio, and I thought, oh boy, Rodgers is mad at the young wide receivers. Here we go. Like that line from me, myself, and Irene, or Jim Carrey's like, oh, go. oh boy, here we go. Because I, I saw the headline, Rodgers calls out young wide receivers, and I didn't listen to it. I didn't read the quote. I just saw the headline. I saw the tweets, and I thought, oh, God, here we go. So I went right to my email, which I almost gave you my email address. Not that I don't think any of you care enough to email me, but I go to my email, and I'm like, I'm going to go to the audio Mike Clements sent me. Mike's on this. Then he had two cuts. The first one, Aaron Rodgers. How did the first team offense look against the Saints in practice today? Uh, you know, I didn't think we ran the ball very well, especially outside zone. Uh, thought we threw it pretty, pretty good. Had some opportunities, a lot of mental errors, a lot of pre-snap penalties. So, kind of in the theme of camp. Simple, simple plays. We're messing up. So it's good to do it against another team. Um, I like the energy from the first first unit, but a lot of mental mistakes. Okay, well that doesn't that doesn't seem overly uh, overly interesting. I don't know that I'd write an article about that. I don't know that I'd write a blog about that. I don't know if I'd go on Sports Center to talk about that. Okay, Aaron Rodgers continues. They ask, you know, are you concerned? Is this is this a problem that might continue? No, I mean it's good it's good we do it in practice. So uh, it's unfortunately some of the same guys. That that's you know, repeat mistakes are a problem. So we just gotta clean those things up a little bit. The young guys, you know, they gotta Especially young receivers, we got to be way more consistent. You know, a lot of, a lot of drops, a lot of, uh, you know, bad route decisions, run the wrong route. So we gotta, we gotta get better in that area. But I felt like the line, for the most part, held up pretty good, which was, which was good to see. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. That, that's, that's what I saw so many headlines about yesterday. That's what I see Rob Domofsky go. And like, no shade on Rob Domofsky. Right, he's got to have some headline from Packers camp. He goes on Sports Center. Yeah, wild day, fireworks in the post-practice press conference. Aaron Rodgers calling out his young wide receivers. Oh, really? I just listened to it. It doesn't it's kind of sound like he was describing practice. And practice sometimes is a pain in the ass. It's like, oh, these guys won't get it. Like I had band practice the other night, and we were working in a new member of of the group. He plays saxophone, right? And we had to teach him this one line of the song where he had to play some notes in a certain order, right? And it's a grueling process. And it's a song that I've known forever. But I remember years ago when I learned that song, God, it sucked. Because everyone at practice is standing around watching me fiddling around on my instrument because I can't figure it out. And now I'm watching this guy have to go through it in front of everyone. We're all waiting on him and he's trying to learn these notes. Like, practice sometimes is clunky. And practice can be messy. That's why it's practice. So I'm listening to Aaron Rodgers give these answers. I'm like, uh, I I think it's fine. He's just describing practice. Now, maybe there's one comment in here that's a little bit classic, melodramatic Rodgers. See if you can pick it out. Well, I'll stop it after he says it. Uh, you know, I didn't think we ran the ball very well, especially outside zone. Uh, thought we threw it pretty pretty good. Had some opportunities. A lot of mental errors, a lot of pre-snap penalties. So, kind of in the theme of camp. That comment right there. If you want to know Rodgers being a little dramatic. Well, it's kind of been the theme of camp. Well, has it though, dude? Like, There's been a lot of fun parts of camp, too. You're tooling around with Bakhtiari in a golf cart, and you got to bust a Nicolas Cage, and you're putting a feather in your helmet, as Mike Clements brought up last night. Oh, it's been the theme of camp. Ha- Come on, dude. Has it really, though? That's like driving the same car for 12 years and having no issues. 
And every year you're like, man, I want to drive this car forever. I love this thing. It's trustworthy. It's reliable. I never have to put any money into it other than oil changes, tire rotations, maybe new struts, you know, every couple thousand miles or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. Great car. And then 12 years later, the alternator goes out. And you're like, oh, I hate this car. It's giving me nothing but headaches forever. No, it, come on. Don't, calm down. Don't be dramatic, okay? So with that comment, Rogers, I think, was being a little bit dramatic, but he's a dramatic guy. The rest of the rant, and I say that in air quotes, it was just him describing practice with rookies and guys who are new to the team. They're going to be mistakes, right? And look, I'm no Aaron Rodgers apologist. I'm, I'm defending him here. That should tell you that he's really not in the wrong. You know, I keep seeing Rod, like, I, I, I hate to keep bringing up Rob Demosky, but he's like the example of how this is being covered on ESPN. I'm going to pull up his Twitter right now. There was a tweet just a couple minutes ago, right before the show started. Robert Demosky, Rob Demosky, Grant. There you go. Again, it's in Firefox because it all looks different. It's just a, it's a sham. Rob Demosky's article today, rip them one day, meet with them the next those were the last two days in Aaron Rodgers' quest to get a young... Like, did he rip them, though? Remember in 2018 when he said, oh, wide receivers are getting a piss-poor effort. Remember that? That's ripping on wide receivers. This thing is so overblown. right? And I'm, again, no Aaron Rodgers apologist at all. Aaron Rodgers makes his own bed a lot and then complains when he has to lay in it. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of classic Aaron Rodgers. Does something to get the media talking, and then when the media talks about it, he complains that the media won't leave him alone. That happens a lot. This is not one of those times. Okay, this is the media needing an Aaron Rodgers story. We're getting close to the season. There isn't really too much entertaining going on right now. Oh, uh, Rodgers said the practice was rough. All right, he hates the young wide receivers. Let's run that. I will actually defend Aaron Rodgers here, uh, which I don't often do. <laughs> this morning I wake up. I'm listening to Colin Cowherd's podcast. I saw he was talking about the Packers. I'm like, oh, I'll tune that up. And he's like, this is a bad omen. It's a bad omen for the Packers season. What? What? This is nothing. Up until three days ago, Romeo Dobbs is a stud. And they got this amazing draft pick. And Watson hasn't even played yet. And we're feeling great. And then Rodgers say they have one clunky practice. And it's a bad omen for the season. I'll go to bat for Rodgers here. Probably for the first time since January 2020. when they lost to Tom Brady at home. Uh, we got a couple of texts here about using Firefox. Uh, yeah, sorry about the Firefox slander. I like Chrome, but for whatever reason, Chrome won't run Twitter today. Uh, here's a text from... Who is this? I don't have a name. Anonymous. I'm only here for the Grant Bill's trademarked analogy. It needs to be its own show. Uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a little bit melodramatic. And what did I say? It's like owning a car forever and then complaining with the first issue that comes up. Like, he's like, oh, it's been the FEMA camp. Uh, you know, I didn't think we ran the ball very well, especially outside zone. Uh, thought we threw it pretty pretty good. Had some opportunities. A lot of mental errors, a lot of pre-snap penalties. So, kind of in the FEMA camp. Like that, I will defend Rodgers here. That comment is like, come on, dude. Camp's been a blast. You're talking about how it's just fun to be around the teammates again and you're meeting new people and... You're coming in with a fresh perspective, and then one thing happens. You have a you have a clunky practice. You're like, oh, it's been the FEMA camp. God. Even when I defend him, I find a way to, to nitpick one thing of those two press press conference bites. <laughs> Give me a call or a text. We can talk more about this coming up next. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant as well. I have some Matt LaFleur clips 
that I want to play you. I found them very interesting. And I have one player that's really confusing me at Packers camp, and I want to talk about that as well. That's coming up next. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're talking Packers. I forgot to mention some breaking Packers news. How did I miss this? So amped to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Packers claimed Travis Fulgham off waivers about a half hour ago. Old friend, Travis Fulgham. And then he went to the Eagles and kind of played really well. I guess he was in Denver. I didn't know that. Big physical guy. Probably throw around some blocks. Makes sense. Old friend. But now, who... If he gets close to making the team, who does this squeeze out? Not our boy, Samari Toure. Actually, I kind of like him because I've talked about it before. I don't know, Sammy Watkins? But Sammy Watkins played really well. You're not going to cut him. Randall Cobb? Oh, imagine if Goody did that. Everything's right in Packer world. Everyone's happy. We're experiencing true peace for the first time really since before they lost to the Buccaneers in 2020. And then Rodgers did that. Press conference where it sounded like he was saying goodbye and then he wanted to leave. The first time we've had peace, really, since then. And Goody, can you imagine him cutting Randall Cobb to bring in Travis Fulgham? Or bring back Jake Kumaro. <laughs> what a trump. That'd be funny. Well, Rogers, you've always wanted Jake Kumaro on the team, so I made room by getting rid of your buddy Randall Cobb. <laughs> yes. I want to talk more about Rogers, some things that are going on in camp, and hear a little bit from Matt LaFleur. 608-796-2558. First, let's talk to Mike in Windsor. Mike, what's going on? What's up, Grant? How are you? I am well. I was so amped to defend Aaron Rodgers for the first time in forever. I got to, uh, forgot to mention the breaking news. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I don't I didn't hear the breaking news, but the uh I mean, Randall Cobb taking off like <laughs> that joke, man. Can you imagine if you took him off the team, Rodgers would just lose it. Um <laughs> He would lose it. I got the podium. He wouldn't even care. He wouldn't hold back at all. Yeah, that's um, true. So, I, yeah, I know we're talking. I know we're talking Packers. I just want to hit on hit on one more thing that I kind of mentioned yesterday. Yeah. But another brawl breaks out today. What is? I mean, can these men be met? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I, I was thinking about this earlier today too. I. I feel like every joint practice, every day there's a fight. And then Mike Clemens sends me, you know, clips of Matt LaFleur every day. And they were asking him questions and getting answers about how to prevent fights. And I'm like, I'm with you. I'm like, wait, is it that hard to just avoid fights for a couple of hours? I agree with you. Yeah. Can we just be guys and play a sport and, you know, be Dude, respectful right. of each other? I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was super interesting because they are, it seems they're like they're more abundant this year than they have been in the past. Um, I know they've happened, obviously, in the past, but they've been sometimes just between teams this year, not even of joint practices. So um, I don't know. Um, sometimes stability shows that. I know uh, Colin Coward talked about that uh, about a week ago. And it, some, it seems to be some of these teams that aren't as stable are, you know, getting in more fights. Um, so I, I just wanted to hit on real quick. When you talk about the batters, maybe you can mention it, but, uh, I was looking at the uh, top 100 college football players, and Braylon Allen made number 34. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I think he was kind of snuffed. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that he's higher than that. Um, he didn't really break out until after game four last year. 
Um, and he still had over 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns when you really think about it. And he had multiple 200-yard games. So um, I think they actually put him a little high. Um, I think he's going to by far be the best running back in the Big Ten this year. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think he's going to lead the Badgers really well this year. Pretty excited for their season. Their non-conference is extremely easy. Um, and uh, they, they have a little tough tough way in the East this year, but I think they'll I think they'll do well. I'm actually going to talk a little Badgers in college football, like 4:45, which I, I we talk about them sometimes, but I don't normally plan it. I don't normally write it down. I actually have things written down to say about the Badgers, Braylon Allen, and a couple are, other guys. Yeah, you are uh, definitely on schedule today, and I am I am browsing on my Firefox. So, oh God, I've offended the <laughs> Firefox crowd. I didn't know there were so many Firefox users. I thought we were all on Chrome. It's 2022. No, I mean, why would I use Chrome? I don't have a Chromebook. What do you use Safari? You Internet Explorer up until a couple months ago and it went away. I just maybe I'm just a <laughs> hater. I I despise Firefox. Chrome is just smooth. You're, it makes sense to me. You're a hater when it comes to Firefox, but you're a lover when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. It is a total defense <laughs> right now. I am today. So, I you know what I think I think that it's okay to defend him. And to be honest with you, Grant, I've been defending him for. I have been defending him for a year and a half, so I don't. I don't really care. I I, I actually love the guy. Yeah. Um, and um, anyone can say anything they want. They can be as mad at him as they want. But if we didn't have him, we wouldn't win twelve games a year. So that's my argument. What What are you going to say about it? Nothing. Because we'd win Agreed. five five or six games if we if we didn't have him. So that's my that's my huge argument. Uh, really excited about the defense I've been watching. So. I'm going to let you go. I've been talking forever. So. <laughs> no, you're good. That's Mike in Windsor. I appreciate the call. Have a good night, friend. And it's good to have Mike as a uh, as a staple of the show once again. It's football season, so Mike is out of caller hibernation. These joint practices, I don't get it. I mean, I, you're grown men. You're hitting each other. But I, <laughs> it's kind of juvenile. You see, every day, oh, the Texans and the Broncos are having a joint practice. There were two fights. So you guys couldn't get through two hours without starting to throw hands at each other? These joint practices, man. I don't get it. Matt LaFleur was asked a little bit about joint practices. What's the benefit of a joint practice versus a game? Yeah, I think it's, it, first of all, it's a great opportunity. Like I mentioned before, it's, it's much more controlled. Um, I also think just getting a different look is important because a lot of these, it sounds like there's a lot of game planning that's going on, you know, prior to these practices. So it really forces you to hone in on your rules and, and follow your rules as a player. Um to make sure, because throughout the course of the season, throughout the course of the preseason, certainly there's going to be a lot of unscouted looks, so it, it makes you just kind of stay sharp on what, what your rules and responsibilities are. I love the idea of sticking to fundamentals and your core principles and the things that you're learning in camp at a joint practice, because you're taken out of your element, you're taken out of your comfort zone, and you're not really game planning for it. You're not game planning for the Saints in a joint practice, so you're dropped in this exotic, uncomfortable environment against a team for which you're not prepared and players that you might not know. So you're kind of stripped of everything that's comfortable. What do you have left? Your fundamentals. What you've been taught and what you've learned so far, you have to fall back on those things, right? Think of this in in another performance context, right? Earlier, we were, we were talking about music a little bit or the idea of playing in a band and practicing music, right? If you're playing a song that you don't know and you have to step in and do your best for four minutes... Stick to your fundamentals, right? You, you don't have any gimmicks. You don't have any specific things for that song. You don't have any. No, you got to stick to your fundamentals. Just execute the bare bones and just get through it. 
And the idea of a joint practice being designed to take a player out of his comfort zone and forcing that player to do the bare bones things, the things that the coaches are looking for, actually makes a whole lot of sense. I like that explanation from Matt LaFleur. Dave is in Middleton, 608-796-2558. What's up, Dave? Yeah, I like your objectivity about uh, Aaron Rodgers. I guess um, I'm getting a little sick and tired of all the people that just hate on this guy. You were talking about ESPN blowing everything out of proportion with this comment uh, Aaron made about the uh, wide receivers. Well, they doubled down on it this afternoon. They said, well, if he really wanted this to work out, he would have gone to this one or that one. And uh, with respect to the OTAs and so forth. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy's a human being. Uh, give him a break. Well, and <laughs> we expect, like, Dave, don't we expect honesty from these guys in press conferences? It's not like he called them names or was upset. He just said, hey, we made a lot of mistakes in practice today, but it's good to make them now. I, like, that's super fair. He accurately described practice. I don't think it was a call out. I don't think he was putting anyone on blast. I think he was describing what happened, which is what we want in press conferences from players, right? I agree. It's better than uh, some of the things that some of the coaches say that's all coach speak and tells you nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very true. I, I think as a player, and especially as a quarterback, right, you are the PR arm for your team. Like, as a quarterback, you're speaking for the organization. And to say, we're making mental mistakes in practice, but the energy's good you know, we're going to continue to get better. I think that's completely fair, especially when you compare that. I, I looked up the quote today in 2018 when he said the guys were piss poor. He didn't say anything like that today or yesterday. It's fine. Yeah, Not even close. Dave, 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 what are we going to do? I'm defending Aaron Rodgers. What has this come to? I've, I've done nothing but just complain about this guy for a year and a half. Now I'm defending him. So that means I'm definitely right, right? We're all in for the season. Oh, yeah. No, no kidding. That could, now I'm I'm really about to come around on this team. I love this team's chances at the Super Bowl. I'm a sucker. I'm, I'm back in 100%. Thanks for the call, Dave. Have a good night. Thanks. Yeah, that's Dave in Middleton. I like to refer to him as the polite cousin to our friend Dave in Monona, just down the way. Yeah, this is the quote from 2018. It was It was one of the worst card sessions we had. I don't know how you can make it any simpler. You literally have what the play would be in our terminology on the card, and the effort level is very low, especially with what I'm accustomed to. I've been running that period for a number of years, so it's not a good start for us on the card period for the young guys. I think D'Angelo Yancey has really progressed. Geronimo Allison, obviously 16, Jake Kumro, but everyone else was kind of piss poor. That is calling out your wide receivers. What Rodgers did, yes, this is a non-story, and for that reason, we're going to move on coming up next. And for Rodgers, a guy, like I said earlier, makes his bed all the time and then gets angry when he's forced to lay in it. A guy who will throw something out to the media or make a comment or do something to get the media riled up, and then he will complain about the media. That happens a lot. This is not that. This is a non-story. And I would like to stop talking about it, and let's stop talking about it. Wisco Sports Show, I actually want to bring the Badgers into this conversation just a little bit as we talk about the NFL preseason as we're one week down. I want to bring up some Badgers, talk about something that Vagabond John mentioned on Monday. It's an interesting topic. Let's talk more football coming up next. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. My name is Grant Bills. 
talking a lot of Packers tonight, which is kind of effed up because the Brewers walked it off last night, and I. It's not that I don't care. It was a nice moment. It was a fun moment, but I, I just don't think it means anything. So if you stayed up to watch the end of the last night's game, which I had to, I probably would have gone to bed before it was over. I went to extras. I'm like, I'm invested. I'll watch the end. And then they won. I'm like, great. Thank God I can go to bed. And I really didn't. <laughs> I really didn't get much out of it. 608-796-2558. Before we move on here, a couple of texts. First one is from Trish. What's up, Trish? Uh, Aaron Rodgers can say that about the receivers. Cat knows what he's talking about in the receivers coach. Best light of flame to his young new players in the Packers way, a.k.a. the Rodgers way. Yeah, I have no problem with Rodgers getting after the young guys and putting a little pressure on him. Absolutely. I think yesterday, first of all, if he's saying something to the media like, uh, a lot of mental mistakes, um, you know, we need to get better, not making repeat mistakes, this and that. Chances are that's come out in practice. You know what I mean? I think as fans, we only know what we see. Most of us, at least, aren't in Green Bay. Maybe some of you have made the trip, but still, we're not in the locker room. We're not in meetings. I think we know what we see. And what we see is Rodgers coming to the podium or to his locker after practice and saying, this, 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 as if he is broadcasting this point to the rest of the team, as if the rest of the team is going to their locker and going on Twitter, okay, what did Rodgers say about the practice today? No, they're probably talking about it. They're having discussions on the field. They're interacting on the field, and they're talking with coaches. And by all reports, I think Rob Domoski reported this, and others did too. Rodgers has been bopping around to different meeting rooms to discuss different things. So we hear things through the media. Rodgers says things through the media to us and describes practice to us. The idea that he needs to use the media to communicate to his wide receivers and to make a point, I, I, I just think it's a silly one. They're out on the field together. They're talking to each other. They know. It's not like these wide receivers are walking off the field thinking they had a great practice and then going on Twitter and seeing Rodgers' words. Oh, my God. Did I do something wrong? Yeah, they probably knew right away. You ran a five-yard out instead of a 10-yard out or whatever. I'm not a football coach. It's not my job. Work on the radio. <laughs> Thank you for the text, Trish. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. This is going to be our first foray into Badgers football in 2022. This is cool. This is this is a big moment. Soak it in. We're gonna we're gonna want this moment back. Right, the season's gonna fly by. We're we're gonna miss this miss this moment. Oh, the uh, trace. Shout out to St. Paul Schmidt, who's always tweeting country songs. The Trace Adkins song, I think. You're gonna miss this. We're gonna we're gonna miss this. We're gonna want this back. The Badgers are gonna be beating up on Wake Forest in the Valvita Bowl or whatever, and we're gonna wish we could have this moment back. So soak it in. This is our first mention of Badgers football. I'm not the guy for Badgers football on our network. I bow at the feet of Ben Kenny, Zach Heilper, and Rowdy, Ebo, guys on our Madison station, the zone. However, I, th- I think I can speak to this. And it's something that Vagabond John brought up on Monday. Danny Davis playing really well with the Packers. Kendrick Pryor hooping in Cincinnati. I think I miscommunicated this information yesterday. Vagabond John texted me a graphic, and I read the wrong part of the graphic because I'm a dope. PFF's highest graded wide receivers in week one of the NFL preseason. Tajay Sharp was one, and he's been around a while, right? Tajay Sharp isn't isn't a rookie. He's not young. The next couple of guys are Kendrick Pryor, two, former Badger. George Pickens, rookie from Georgia, three. And Tyler Johnson, who I think is in his third year out of Minnesota, another Big Ten guy, right? Kendrick Pryor right up there. He had four catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. 
also, what an awesome team for Kendrick Pryor to join. You can be the the change of pace guy, the gadget guy to run some sweeps or whatever. It's stuff behind Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins, and Kendrick Pryor can be that extra guy. Oh, what an awesome fit. I'm actually really excited to watch the Bengals. I really hope he makes the team and continues to succeed. And then we saw Danny Davis. Danny Davis was making buzz early in training camp. I remember seeing tweets about him. And you, you take early training camp with a grain of salt, but still, buzz is buzz. It's better to look good than to look bad, even if looking good early on doesn't mean a whole lot. Then in the preseason last week, two catches, 45 yards, touchdown. He's only targeted two times. This is not like he was targeted 10 times, managed to pull down two of them, and lucked into the end zone once. He played pretty darn well. These two guys, Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis, were good at Wisconsin. I wouldn't say they were great. They certainly weren't great in college to the level where you thought they would be a contributor in the NFL, and maybe they won't be. Kendrick Pryor, I think, has a little bit of a better track to potentially landing on a good team and being a contributor as opposed to Danny Davis, but whatever. Aaron Rodgers is weird with wide receivers sometimes. Sometimes it's the lesser-known guy, the the guy with a lesser pedigree that works with Rodgers for whatever reason. I mean, he loved Kumaro, right? He likes, I mean, Donald Driver played with him, so sometimes lesser-heralded guys with these great quarterbacks. Al Lazard, for example, works really well, too. He wasn't drafted high. He wasn't drafted at all. So maybe Danny Davis does have a good track with the Packers. We'll see. I kind of think he'll make the practice squad, but still... Danny Davis on a practice squad, considering the kind of career he had at Wisconsin, pretty good outcome. It's not like he was unbelievable. Certainly Kendrick Pryor wasn't. I thought Danny Davis was underutilized at Wisconsin. I just would have liked them to heave the ball to him more, just to throw balls to him. Pryor seemed like a really good fit for Wisconsin. He kind of fit the mold of guys who came before him. But as Dave said yesterday, our friend David Monona says they don't run the jet sweep anymore. And it seemed like Kendrick Pryor was the perfect guy for that. He was pretty good down the field, too. Danny Davis, and Kendrick Pryor. I want to think of Zach Showalter here. We're going to switch to basketball for the sake of an example. He was never going to turn into an NBA star or even an NBA player. That was really not on the table, right? But what if Zach Showalter had gotten a tryout with an NBA team, made the team, and turned into a half-decent contributor? We we would have thought, "What what the hell? Huh? That guy? What did Greg Gard or Bo Ryan earlier on, not seeing Joey. How did they waste this guy? Where was this potential early on when he was in college? Now he's hooping in the NBA? What the heck? If Kendrick Pryor or Danny Davis turn into great NFL players or even solid contributor guys that get targets week in and week out and play some snaps, that's a mark on Wisconsin. Although some guys can be like bloomers. Sometimes guys just develop later. That's not necessarily the fault of any coach or any quarterback at Wisconsin. But if these guys go on to be pretty solid in the NFL, that's going to be a mark on Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin isn't known as some passing powerhouse, right? I don't think anyone's surprised. Wait, wait, maybe Wisconsin isn't an elite passing team. Yeah, no kidding. No one's saying that. Don't get me wrong. But I think Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis were thought of in college as fine. You know, fine. Middle of the road college wide receivers. And if they go into the NFL and kill it, I'm all of a sudden now wondering, hey, Paul, Chris, why couldn't you do something with these guys? Graham Mertz, do you really stink that much? You had two NFL caliber wide receivers out there and you just, you, you, you didn't have a hope or a prayer, buddy. You weren't even close. I'm trying to talk myself into a Graham Mertz breakout season this year. <laughs> just because I want it to happen. Just because I want it. I want to go to a bar on a Saturday at 11 a.m. 
in lacrosse and I'm thinking of the spots that I normally go to and it's awesome and it's bright outside and the lights coming in and everyone's wearing red and we're watching the game and we're slugging some day beers and it's great and I want to see Graham Mertz play well. I want that to happen. So I think my desire and my want for Graham Mertz to have a good season is actually infecting what I think will happen and I think Graham Mertz stinks. But I want him to not stink so I am forecasting and trying to predict and speak a good Graham Mertz season into existence. It's getting harder and harder to buy into that. I want to, and this is so funny, I want to read you something from Zach Heilprin's boy, Jesse Temple. They do some podcasting together. Everything that Zach puts out with whoever is great, but I know Jesse and Zach do some podcasting together. I want to read you this excerpt on Graham Mertz. You ready for this? This made me laugh so hard earlier today. Mertz acknowledged that he didn't play up to the standard he expects for himself and ran down a list of areas for improvement. Fewer turnovers, more points per drive, better efficiency, timing, anticipation, and pass location. <laughs> okay, okay, but other than that, he's been great. <laughs> that's like every, that's like every part of being a quarterback. Yeah, scoring more points, uh, not throwing as many picks, no fumbling, uh, being more efficient, being on time, being a better anticipatory thrower, and uh, oh, and locating my passes better, being more accurate. Those are what I want to, the things I want to improve on. That's everything. That's every part of being a quarterback. So I'm reading that today. It's like, oh, well, if he just does all those things, yeah, we'll be we'll be great. We'll be killing it. Damn it. Graham Mertz is going to stink again, isn't he? Oh, my God. Sully is in Menominee, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Sully? Not much, buddy. Good to hear your voice again. Good to hear your voice again. What's What's new? Not much. I, uh, uh, can, I, can, I, can I talk music for a second? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I well, first of all, I saw your uh, shows that you checked out. A uh, little Bob Weir, Mayor, and then I saw some Billy Strings going on. That looked pretty awesome, dude. Bob and John, that was nuts. I was like, I talked about this with the Ebo on Tuesday. I haven't talked about it much on this show. We were like five rows from stage. That I'll never see a concert again that cool, unless Bill Michaels throws me a bone and gets me some some VIP tickets to something down the line. And yeah. I lean on Bill, my coworker, to help me out. I'm I'm not going to sit that close <laughs> to the uh, concert that cool for a long time. Yeah, and Billy Strings. I never, I never seen Billy Strings, so that was cool. I saw him at Blue Ox a few years ago. He's awesome. I love. Uh, Are you familiar with the with the Driftless Music Gardens? Yeah, hell yeah. Heard of that? Hell yeah. I was there last weekend. I saw uh, Charlie Parr and Trampled, and then the next night, uh, Pokey the Farge and Horseshoes. People, because we're talking about this, people still speak of that one fateful night in 2014 when a band of Menominee High School musicians named Stay Cool opened for Charlie Parr at the Waterfront Bar and Grill on the shores of Lake Menomen. People are still talking mm-hmm. about that show to this day, Sully. They are. And, you know, that's tying me to my next point. Oh, good. Is that I was with the Wirtz family over the weekend. Oh, really? Okay, so um, you're at the Drums Music I don't know if you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was two weekends ago this past weekend. Uh, Paul Wirtz is now the owner of the Pickle Factory in Teppan. On Lake Pepin. Really? Oh, Lake Pepin is so pretty. Yeah. That's a part of the state I never go to. I'll go up the river, but then I'll cut, you know, more inland as you get closer to Eau Claire yeah. and Menominee and, and kind of that area. I never yeah. go all the way up. P- PJ and Rena were talking about Grant being the best uh, guitar player of Menominee and, and the, the wow. show opening for Charlie. So I thought that was great. To hear. <laughs> the show from seven years ago. 
I love bringing that up. I love, before we talk sports really quickly, I love bringing up the fact that we opened for Charlie Parr, and I will never, to the day I die, let it go that Chris Cruzy once opened for us. And it's he didn't open for us because he because we're better. He he volunteered to go first, and we're like, oh, okay. So f- from now until the day I die, I will say Chris Cruzy opened for my band when yeah. really that's not, he just played first, but that's not how I'm going to word it. Right, right, right. That's great. That's, that's great. Um, okay, so sports-wise here, that was, that was good. Nice talk. Um, Graham Maris. So here's the funniest thing about him. I mean, like, if we're just being honest, if if it wasn't for the fact that he was, like, the first ever big recruit, not named, like, you can't even call Russell Wilson as a recruit, right? I mean, yeah. he was already established. So, like, the first decent quarterback talent ever to go to Wisconsin, that's the only reason why there's really any hope left for this. And why... Badger fans keep hanging on to this hmm. and trying to talk themselves into this, right? I mean, like, like if if the if they were a school that had produced four or five other good quarterbacks over the last 20, 30 years, I mean, wouldn't Badger fans be like, you know what, this guy doesn't have it. Like, let's just accept it, and move on. That's true. Right? Maybe maybe we're holding on to something that we shouldn't hold on to. Yeah. Because, like, what is there really for a lot of evidence that makes you feel super confident that, like, <sighs> all right, something's going to change? Like, just be honest, right? That damn Illinois game, for know. one. I mean, that, that. <laughs> yeah, we're hanging on to that. What yeah. a bizarre game, by the way. Nobody in the stands. And, God, some of those games in 2020, I, I really have to reach deep into my mind to pull them out. Because I, I believe that our brains... Without even us trying, it, our brains blocked out so much of 2020 because we just weren't having yeah. a good time. That game against yeah, Illinois right. was bizarre. I think we're holding on to that. Yep, um, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and then real quick, baseball-wise here. So yeah. I don't, I probably have not told you this. I'm actually a diehard, lifelong, born into a Yankee fan. All right? Okay, I'll accept so it. So I love, the, the, I like the Brewers, you know, mm-hmm. you know, number two, all good, right? Follow them a lot. Mm-hmm. So as the Brewers are kind of, quote-unquote, collapsing after the trade deadline and all the things that happened, I'm also witnessing the same behavior and reactions from Yankee Nation. Like, my dad is just beside himself. It is just glorious to watch. And what's so funny about it is that he literally sent me a text yesterday saying, you know what, the Yankees and Brewers are actually very similar. And he describes about, like, the way that they build their team and try to set this up and that up and, yeah. you know, swinging for the fences and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I cannot believe I have reached a point in the baseball world where people like my dad are comparing the Yankees to the Brewers. <laughs> it just blew my mind. Well, the Yankee, we knew when the Yankees were winning a ridiculous amount of games in the first half of the year. Like, yeah, it's great. The Yankees are great. But the season is like seven months long. We all saw that in the first right. half. It's like, oh, okay, this is nice, but it might not matter in three months yeah. if you guys start playing like dump, you know? Right. Yeah. And there, and there was some there was some advanced metrics that suggested that it probably wasn't necessarily sustainable, of, of course, course. But I don't think it was going to be quite this bad, you know? Yeah, and they could fire it up again in a couple of weeks. I'm hoping the Brewers do the same. I'm just not yeah. feeling real confident about that. I, I don't know if I'm less confident and, in the Brewers or Graham Mertz. Probably Graham Mertz. Oh, Grandman. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> by, for me, by a wide margin. Yeah. And you're right, the last night, probably the, the, the least excited I've ever been for a walk-off. It was, like, it, was cool, weird. Right. it was weird. And I know yeah. it's, it's lame to complain about it and say, oh, it's the least exciting walk-off I've ever seen. I mean, I once saw the, the Brewers walk in the winning run in the 10th inning against the Twins, and I was there. That was pretty underwhelming. Sure. Last night yeah. was, was up there as well. I got to take a break, yeah. Sully. Yeah. It was nice I to guess. hear from Sounds you. Good, man. 
Yeah, have a good night. Yep, always a pleasure. Yeah, I got to get in this last break before the top of the hour. Sorry to cut you off, but always funny to talk music. Menominee culture. What a what a hub of of art and music. <laughs> and crummy high school bands. Uh, once upon a time I played in. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up the first hour of the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I think I just turned my music off on accent. Let's try that again. There we go. <laughs> Man, make things a little more awkward, Grant. Yeah, whoops. My name is Grant Bills. We only have about a minute and a half uh, before we got to take a break here at 5 o'clock. I want to do this new thing on the show. I decided this earlier today. We're going to do this moving forward. I want to highlight uh, a member of the show community or a listener or a tweeter to the show when they go viral on Twitter. I think that's something we should celebrate. When someone who is a part of the show blows up on Twitter for whatever reason, uh, goes viral, I I want to highlight that. I want to make that a thing. So if you're in the Twitter trenches, tweeting about NFL, NBA, whatever, and and you have a tweet blow up, send it to me because you should be recognized. Uh, We have a listener, Craig, in Woodbury. We're building a little following up there. Uh, big golf guy. He always tweets. Really, the only interaction he has with the show, he just tweets me pictures when he's on golf courses at golf events. Like he's at the 3M Open, and he he just sent me a video of him walking around. And that's contribution, which is awesome. It's a great niche, a great lane. Uh, he quote tweeted about uh, Shambly and the Golf Channel. I was going after Patrick Reed, and now they're being sued for defamation. He tweeted, Patrick Reed is suing Randall Shambly, but LeBron has to put up with Skip Bayless for 18 years. Fantastic tweet, Craig. Well done. And it's up to over a thousand likes. Great reason. Great tweet. Let's go. We love to see a, a member of this community go viral. Let's get more of that. Wisconsin Sports Show back in a few minutes. First, Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio update. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Rob Domofsky seems like a nice guy. No quarrel with Rob Domofsky. Now, Adam Schefter's throwing his hat into the ring. Tweeting just a couple minutes ago, Green Bay Packers young wide receivers met with the team's quarterback after Aaron Rodgers ranked. Hey, guess what? They probably meet every day because they're on the same team and they practice together and they're in meetings together. This is so stupid. Just needed to get that out. It was building up inside of me. Imagine... My God. Imagine you have a coworker and you share an office with that coworker. And you had to accomplish a task together and it was a little bumpy. It's like, hey, can you make copies of this? Have it on my desk by two. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. And then it's on your desk at 2.30. And you're like, ah, I, I mean, I needed it a half hour ago, but whatever. We'll make it work. You know, we'll be better moving forward. 
And it's like, we should meet to talk about it. You don't have to meet. You share an office. You just did talk about it. It's over. It's, it's, uh, that is not even a thing anymore. That's a really poor analogy because sports really isn't real life. But they, they met today. They meet every day. They're on the same team. This is lunacy. And I've done nothing but complain about every damn thing Rodgers has said and done for like a year and a half. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Oh, now I'm out of breath. God, I'm out of shape. I drank too many beers last week on vacation. This is the this is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm glad you're here. We're gonna talk a lot more Packers. There's some 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 uh, specifically curated Packers topics today. You know, sometimes and at some points during camp so far, I've said, "Oh, we're talking about the Packers. Just call and whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about." I have some more specific things that we've been hitting today. For example, coming up in about 20 minutes. I want to talk about what this Packers offense needs to do this season to be successful in a way that they haven't been successful over the last decade. It's a conversation of quantity versus quality. And I'm very excited to have that conversation. That's coming up in just a little bit. I have a little bit of audio from Matt LaFleur. He's talking about the benefit of joint practice. And I found that to be very interesting. And I want to break it down exactly what that means. Um, And maybe we'll try to make some analogies. That's always fun. Right, so that's what's in store for the next half hour. Also, the Brewers walked it off, which is cool, but I also just didn't I didn't feel much from that. Didn't awaken anything in me. I feel like the Brewers are in the same place as they were yesterday. They just got a you know, a crazy walk off win. And I went to bed immediately after. I, I almost thought about going to bed before it was done. David's here, six oh eight, seven nine, six two five five eight. What's up, David? Oh, just thinking about the roller coaster that the Brewers are on. If they had lost that game last night. I think there'd been a lot of woe is me of the listeners calling in. Now, you missed it last week. But last week when people looked at this nine-game stretch, they were begging to have the Brewers go four and five. Yeah. It's going to be impossible to get more than four wins. Well, we got the four wins. And, of course, it would be spectacular if we get six out of nine. But I think even five out of nine would be pretty impressive. Some of it is who do you beat? Of course, wish we would have come out of St. Louis with two out of three, but yeah. that's the season. You know, it's a little like water torture, like a little drip at a time. And sometimes the drips are feel good, and sometimes the drips don't feel so good. But today, hey, you got to kind of feel good about this. I mean, just imagine if they actually split the next two with the Dodgers. One of those games is Corbin Burns. I don't know who the other one is. Okay, so I, I want to react, and I'm assuming you want to talk about Rodgers, but let's let's get this Brewers thing crossed off and out of the way with first. So you said, imagine if we split this series. Okay, this is what I mean. We're treading water. We're not getting better. We're not getting closer to the goal of contending in the playoffs. We're just, we're hanging out. And at the beginning of the show, I said, last night's win feels like I was not going to be able to pay rent, and it's the last of the month, and I'm freaking out, and then I found a $20 bill on the couch, and I was just barely able to pay rent. That's great. Yeah, good for me. But now what happens next month? Like, am I any closer to my goal? No, I just barely squeaked under, you know, under the the threshold to not get evicted this month. That's kind of how I feel about the Brewers. And you're saying, well, what if they split? Yeah, okay, well, what if they split, though? The sky isn't falling, but we're also just kind of stuck in this uncomfortable purgatory. Well, we're talking about splitting against the best team that money can buy. True. We're talking about a split against the best team in the majors, which... You know, it, it, it's odd to see how poorly we played against the, you know, uh, teams at the bottom of our division. 
We should be bottom feeders. We should be kicking their butt. One would and, hope. But two and two against the Dodgers wouldn't be so terrible. Also, I think you're forgetting previous years, and I give counsel a lot of credit mm-hmm. for should. keeping things going where all of a sudden we'll win six straight or we'll win eight out of ten, and all of a sudden we'll look pretty good. By the way, don't you like the fact that finally, in an extra inning game, the first batter laid oh, no. down a bunt um, at a minimum to get the guy from second to third. At a minimum, I'm get indifferent. That guy from second to third. I'm, indi- I'm indifferent. I'm in. I'm indifferent. If you want a bunt there, sure. I'm, it's fine. It's fine. I, I'm not in love with it. I don't hate it. It's it's fine. Hey, especially if you're the home team and you hold them in the top of the inning and you start with a guy on second, get that guy to third. There are 14 different ways that guy can score from third. Yeah. Get him over there. But they still get I mean, they still, the right they still needed but, the hit from Caratini, right? Without that hit, that was the hit they wait, needed. Wait, wait. I agree with but you, that's, though. Yep. But that's, no, no, but that's because the Dodgers scored in the top half of the 11th. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the games when you're the home team. Oh, okay, okay. And yep. you hold the team in the top of the inning, and you just need yes. one to win. Yes. And you start with a guy on second. Bunt him over. Nope. Unless you've got a guy who can clearly hit a grounder to the right side, bunt him over. There are just so many ways, and I know, statistically people say, no, you're better off having three chances of driving him in with a single rather than getting him over. I I'm a small ball guy. Well, yeah, and, and st- you know, statistics, up- s- David, statistics would tell us that this Brewers offense is actually pretty good, and they're pretty good with runners in scoring position. And I, I don't know, st- the statistics well, don't that's always, a lie. yeah, statistics don't always match yeah, the eye test. Lie. Yeah, exactly. Hey, by the by the way, mm-hmm. you get so excited just you know as an objective observer. The two things that get you most excited to talk about <laughs> are the NBA and music. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I can never get you that excited about the Packers. Okay. Well, first of all, Even David. First of all, first of all, I I gotta say, if this phone conversation ended right now, I'd be a little disappointed because look at me. I'm coming into the studio today and I lead the show with this impassioned defense of Aaron Rodgers. And you have been the one caller that's ridden me for the last year about how I'm overly critical of Rodgers and I need to cut him some slack. And we have now been on the phone I've, probably about six I've minutes. I've only been on for 20 minutes. I didn't hear it. Okay, 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 okay. I, I just, Sorry. I, I, Sorry, want, I want that on true. the record. Yeah, I've only been here for 20 minutes. Okay. I don't, I don't get on it right at 4 o'clock. Sorry. No, it's fine. I, I wish I had I wish I had caught it. But yeah, Rogers Rogers might be growing up. He might be growing up. <laughs> he might up. actually <laughs> Right? He might be growing up. He might it's be possible. I mean, he's he's I, I mean, essentially been... he's essentially had his college experience the last couple of years. Dated a couple of different girls, uh, you know, kind of yeah. adopted their personalities, done some it. drugs, travel he studied abroad, he went to Peru. He's growing up, he's maturing in front of our very eyes, David. It could, it could be. He's not a teenager anymore. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's it's funny. It really is funny. But now what he did with the receivers was exactly what he should should have done, right? I, I just, 
I think it's great. He's growing up right before our eyes. Our little boy. Oh, I love it, David. Up. I love it. It was nice to hear from you. Let's <laughs> let's have more of these conversations in the in the future where we are okay, nice you, about Aaron Rodgers. I like this. It's a good vibe. And you, you have a you have a great day, Grant. Thank you. You as you as well, David. I was gonna put him on blast. I was gonna let that call play out as long as as long as it was gonna go, and then I was I just I wanted my flowers there. Give me my credit. I am complimenting Aaron Rodgers. I'm defending him today. This whole wide receiver thing is just it's too much. It's too much. There's got to be something more interesting in sports to talk about. I mean, what was it? Less than three weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers talked about how he did drugs in South America. We could be, we could turn that into a month of content. We don't need to flip over the Aaron Rodgers news cycle yet. We don't need to flip. We don't need to create a story where he's angry at his wide receivers yet. We don't. We don't need to do this. It's not necessary. There's enough going on in the NFL that we don't need to fill a Sports Center block with Aaron Rodgers ranting about his wide receivers. And then a follow-up the next day to say they met. Of course they met. They work together. It's just lunacy. I don't know why this is getting under my skin. This is the first Aaron Rodgers thing I've, I've actually got this riled up about in a while. A couple of texts here. One from GWP Dad. says, it's so taxing emotionally watching this Brewers team. I have the same feelings you had on the hater trade, but last night's win makes me want to believe. Yeah, yeah, right? I don't want to quit this team. They have elite pitching. They're so good, but they had really good pitching last year, and we just saw how that played out, and I I actually think in some ways their offense is worse this year than last, but it's probably a wash. Derek says, I'm pretty excited if the Packers' defense, I'm pretty excited about the Packers' defense, if they can stay healthy. Do you think this Packers' D-line rivals their 2010 line? Ryan Pickett, B.J. Raji, Colin Jenkins, Howard Green, and C.J. Wilson. I don't know. I just think that for the first time in a couple of years, they actually have some bona fide defensive linemen that, are, that aren't Jack Heflin, you know, that aren't Christian Ringo. You know, they actually have some competent, actual NFL defensive linemen up there. And other than Kenny Clark, just having bodies, just having worthwhile bodies, whether it's Reed or or Wyatt, or Slayton, just guys you can rotate in. They're probably not all going to be studs. I mean, we know what Reed is. He's been in the league for a while. But between Wyatt and Slayton and Heflin, Dean Lowry kind of get his deal too. He's been around. But, you know, just having options to rotate through next to Kenny Clark and give him some support, yeah. Um, I think Kenny Clark is better than, I mean, I'd have to go back and look. I, maybe maybe this is blasting, but I don't think so. I think Kenny Clark is better than the best lineman they had on their 2010 line. I'd take this version of Kenny Clark over Ryan Pickett or, ah, B.J. Raji was pretty good, though. Different player, but they're pretty good. Mm. Be a fun comparison. We should do that at some point this week. Actually look at 2010 versus now and, and make some comparisons. Hector is in Onalaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? What happened to you, Grant? I came back and your show's way different. You're talking positively about Aaron Rodgers. You can't give the Brewers a single little shred of hope. Nothing like it's like you went on vacation, you came back, and now who who is this? Well, who is I, this Grant? I, I did a, a guided ayahuasca treatment with a shaman. Uh, oh, and, and he's known as the uh, the what was Rogers guy? The dragon? Uh, yeah, he was known as the buffalo. And we did a couple ayahuasca trips, and now I see things as clearly as ever, and that's why I might sound different. Right. Yeah. Well, you sound a little less positive there, Aaron Rodgers. It's probably because you only thought hundreds of people's hands, and he thought thousands of people's hands. <laughs> yeah, I, only had, him, so. I only had hundreds of hands for my ancestors all over my body, which is why I'm a little jaded. Right. Yeah, you're right. 
You got me pegged. <laughs> uh, maybe it's my uh, maybe it's because I'm a young Brewers fan. They haven't let me down as much as you guys. But I I thought last night's win was good for the team. I like. Yeah. I also like watching Taylor Rogers pitch. Um, I was pay, I've been paying more attention to him the, this this series with the Dodgers because my brother is a very 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 annoying Dodgers fan. Oh, it's too bad. Um, and so I've been paying more attention, but I like how the how Taylor Rogers is pitching. So I do enjoy that. But that's about the only positive thing for the Brewers, just because. You know, it's not like you said. It's nice they won, but I think it's because it's the Dodgers that I feel better about it because they are such a good team. Um, well, and I think yeah, I like watching Taylor Rogers against an elite team because if he's supposed to be one of our our lights out relievers, I want to see what he can do against the Dodgers lineup. So that's a good reason to get kind of dialed in and watch him last night. Right, and uh, um, with this thing with the Rogers, I, with Aaron Rodgers, not Taylor Rogers. Um, do they need to like make some requirement that if you're going to be in sports that you played some kind of sport? Because mm-hmm. if these guys, if, if they played any kind of sport growing up, the fact that the team captain raised his voice or maybe got a little bit upset with you the night before and let you stew over it, and then the next day you came in and he was a little more calm, you were a little more, you know, head out of where the sun doesn't shine, and it kind of helps. Like, that's how it's been for years. I don't know how many times I got yelled at. Also, I didn't. I, I very rarely paid attention in, in, in my sports. I just have real bad ADHD. But, like, that whole get yelled at, come back the next day, talk about it, be better, that's yeah. a normal part of everyday sports. And the fact that they're turning it into something else is just a joke because Aaron Rodgers has said a lot worse things than oh, yeah, it was a little bit choppy, you know, we'll work on it kind of a thing. So, yeah, uh, just uh, just ridiculous. Got to make a story out of anything. Just take it, take something from Rodgers and, you know, have a little trip and be better with your life. Normally, I think Rodgers does weird things and then the media just reacts to it. This is not, this I actually think is fishing for a story, which normally I don't think about. Hey, Hector, before I let you go, we got a text here from our uh, our brother, David Monona. And he says, tell Hector we want to hear more about his recipe for shredded pork and a hash brown casserole. Do you have any uh, any culinary suggestions for us today before I let you go? Oh, well, it's not pork. You don't want to put pork in a casserole, Dave, because uh, the, it's too juicy. Mm. It's too juicy. Mm. But, um, yeah, I'm going to – I never heard from you. You said you were going to um, send me a message, and then you had that golf thing and your trip and everything like that, but – I was, I actually did make it over the weekend. So, um, you, my only suggestion when it comes to culinary stuff is if you don't know what you're doing, don't try. <laughs> yeah. That's my suggestion. That's funny. Okay. Well, first of all, yeah. I, I was but gone. Tonight I, I'm making stir fry. Ooh, I will take you up on a meal. I will take you up on this bet. As long, you're not going to poison me, are you? I need, I need confirmation on the radio. They're not going to poison me. I will not poison you, Grant, no. Okay, I will text you. Uh, also, uh, it's me and my girlfriend's anniversary this week, so could you make... Should I Should I get a Should I get a dinner from you and then use that as our anniversary meal? I could tell her I cooked it. Absolutely. I'm totally down for that. You tell me what you want, or send me a text with what she kind of likes. 
I can give you a couple recipes that go over pretty well, and then you could pick from there. Because right. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, believer in happy wife, happy life. Oh, yes. she's not your wife, but happy wife, happy life. So if it's your anniversary, it doesn't matter. It's her anniversary. What she wants to eat, you know. Wow. I agree with that. All right, I'll send you a text, Hector. We'll talk. Thanks for the call. You betcha. That is Hector to the north in Anilat. Well, to the north of me. Uh, bye. Five minutes. It's still nuts. We still haven't talked about enough that uh, <laughs> that the Packers summer bus tour went to both on Alaska and lacrosse. That's the, they're like a, a couple golf ball throws away from each other. That remains nuts. Okay, let's take a break. Some texts to get to. If you want to call in, talk football, great. Throw in a Brewers take while we're at it. Yeah, absolutely. Cross that off our list when you call in. I want to talk about the Packers offense coming up next. We've had some great Packers offenses in the last decade. Really, really good, but not what we're looking for this Packers offense this season needs to be wired a little bit different if they want to achieve the ultimate goal. And I'll tell you how they need to be different. I'll describe it laid out for you coming up next on the Wisco sports show. This is the Wisco sports show with Grant bills on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Sports show. My name is Grant Bills on Twitter at Wisco Grant. And no, I just didn't spend two minutes of that commercial break reading Twitter replies under Adam Schefter's tweet about Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't do that. That's wildly immature way to spend your time. It's totally not what I was doing. <laughs> We're talking Packers. I want to talk about the Packers offense and a way that they need to be better this year relative to the last decade or so. We'll talk about that. First, let's talk to Tamarcus and Eau Claire. The 715 is showing out today. Tamarcus, what's going on? Hey, man, what's up? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I just got a little recipe talk with Hector, talked a little music with Sully. We've got a nice variety of topics with callers today. Hey, man, I appreciate you taking my call. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I really do appreciate it. But um, I do have a sarcastic question for you, but a real question. I'm going to get to my point, but, like, is there any way for me to apply to, like, work for you by chance? Ooh, in Eau Claire, you should give uh, give Dan Casper a call, the captain on Sports Talk 105.1. Maybe. I don't know. But, I mean, what if I, wanted, what if I didn't want to do Dan Casper's show? <laughs> I don't know. There's not, a, there's, there's not a second microphone in the studio that I work in, which is at some point going to be an issue. I'm going to meet some celebrity and I'll be like, yeah, I, I host a radio show. You should come on. And they'll be like, well, I would, but you don't have a second mic. So I'm just waiting for that. I have three microphones, so. I have three micro studio microphones, so I mean that's that. Well, Anyways, I, I uh I just kind of want to get to the audio clip of Rogers um, talking about the uh, most trustworthy wide receivers are going to be on the field come season or week one of the season and everything. Yeah, um, I feel like in my mind I could be reading into it wrong, but I feel like. Because Rogers never says everything directly. Sometimes things are indirect with him, and I felt like. I don't know, he could have, in my eyes, I felt like maybe he was throwing, I don't know, shots at some of, and I know he plays for the team, so it'd be hard to be like, yeah, he was throwing shots, but like, I mean, possibly throwing shots at the receiving, uh, the receiving lineup last season, because the only person that he was throwing the ball to was Devontae Adams, so I mean, I feel like maybe he didn't trust have much faith in Lazard and uh, Marquez Valdez and Randall Cobb, you know, and yeah. et cetera, on why. Here's, um, the, here's the thing with, with that Rogers comment talking about these are the guys that are going to be on the field. 
I think we take Rogers' words too seriously. Like we, we think everything that comes out of his mouth is some revelation, right? It's, he's saying that the best wide receivers are going to be the ones that play. Of course. That's how, that's how every team handles it. You know what I mean? Like it's not some revelation yeah, what Rogers is saying. He's he's basically just speaking common sense, but because it's him, we feel like there's some underlying motive and he picks his words so carefully. It's it's mostly just common sense. Right, so he he really does take his words carefully. Yeah. Um I have a question for you, and uh, my question that I actually have for you is: uh, Devontae Adams was arguably one of the best receivers. You know, is one of the best receivers in the game, um, and that possibly could have been because he was the only one being targeted out of the whole Green Bay receiving core. But do you think that he's gonna have the same year over with the Raiders with Derek Carr at, yeah. out at center? I don't. What do you think? I don't know. I keep going back and forth on this. No, I, I, yeah, they go have ahead. more people. To, I'm sorry, I didn't. They have more people to throw to over there yeah. with the Raiders when it comes to receivers. For one, so when you have more than one receiver, then you can. When you have more than one good receiver on your team, then you could give the ball to different people. But you know, so they have more than one receiver that they can actually throw the ball and trust over there. And the Raiders, then I would put trust in over here with the Packers. So no, I don't yeah. think I don't think Devontae is going to have the same year. I don't think he's going to have the same numbers. I don't know that his value will be any worse. I mean, think of Alvin Kamara a couple of years ago. Remember, like, I had him in fantasy, and Drew Brees had a, a basically a scrapped arm. He couldn't throw the ball down the field. So Alvin Kamara was just eating every single game, and Michael Thomas was hurt, so there's nowhere else to go with the ball. And then you come back the next year, and it's not Drew Brees anymore, and the offense is different. I don't think that necessarily means that Alvin Kamara gets worse. And And this is, to Marcus, where I actually think – thinking about football from a fantasy football perspective can be really helpful. Like think of the situation a player is in. The situation is going to lead to their numbers. That doesn't mean they're better or worse from year to year. It just means the situation gets better or worse. And oftentimes we don't think that way enough unless it's about fantasy, but fantasy football becomes such a dirty word. Like we're not supposed to think about fantasy, but I actually think it's really helpful. And this is, I I think an instance where situation and production, all that with Adams factors in totally now that he's in Vegas. Right. Sorry. So you saying that <laughs> you saying that just makes me think of okay. So if we do end up turning into because we do have a, we have a uh, uh, um, a spread offense. I mean, I can't necessarily say it's spread, but we throw the ball a lot with the Packers because of our QB. Yeah. Yet since we don't have the trust, since I don't feel like Rogers honestly trusts the receiving core over here, and it's going to tie in with what you just said. Um, do you feel like uh, uh, Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon are going to be the best uh, running back of the year because we don't have? We're not. I don't feel like we're going to have the the yeah. the throwing down the field. I feel like we're going to be more of a run team this year. So, like, do you then think Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon are going to become the best receiver or best running back of the season? Then possibly. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Tamarcus. I'm gonna let you go. Have an awesome night. I just realized what time it is. I appreciate the call and call back. We can talk Packers anytime. I think Aaron Jones might lead the Packers in receiving yards this year. Um, I, I don't know what I would bet on that. I don't know what the odds would be, but I think that's a very realistic outcome. I would think him and Al Lazard are probably the first and second most likely option to lead the team in receiving yards. And if either one of them gets injured, it's probably just going to be the other one. You know what I mean? I think it's Lazard or Jones. So absolutely. And they love throwing the ball to A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon loves catching the ball. I think being a part of the passing game is a way for A.J. Dillon to improve and to prove people that he can catch. 
right? It's the same with Jonathan Taylor. Like Jonathan Taylor didn't get thrown to a ton because he wasn't very good at it, but that gave him an avenue to improve and get better and work on his game and take the next step. And football players like that. They want to add things to their game. You know, in the NBA, we talk about this all the time. This player's got to add this. Giannis has got to add a three, right? Ben Simmons has to add offense, plain and simple. Plain and simple, right? Like Joel Embiid's got to get better at this and and adding moves to your bag, right? We talk about that. We don't ever talk that way about football, but it's certainly true. These skill position players especially want to add things to their bag and adding the pass game is a way for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to improve, and I think that's probably why they've done so much of it. Uh, I was about to take a break, but before we do, let's just get this out of the way with because then we can come back and I can tell you my spiel about the Packers offense that I've wanted to get to for a while. David Minona, what's up? Hey, how'd your concert go? Your, your band concert go? I didn't hear last night. Oh, uh, actually, well, seeing you ask, I thought it was a blast. We got set up a little bit late and the crowd that we were playing to is, um, well, they're not my generation. They expect us to start on time. So that was a little, we had to rush a little bit. But once we started, I had a blast. I thought it was great. How come we don't how come we, don't, we never get to see any videos or hear videos of it? Well, I I can't take the video. I'm the one I'm the one playing. Who do you want me? Do you want me to ask? Well, you got, of, well yeah, well, you got all your groupies. Have your groupies oh, take yeah. a, a sixty second or a ninety, you know, a two minutes, so we get to hear you play. But yeah, hey, by the way, uh, yeah. the Brewers the next thirteen out of eighteen, the next thirteen out of uh, eighteen games are against teams below five hundred. So between now and um, uh, Labor Day, so mm-hmm. they got no excuse if they're if they're. Uh, you know, if they're not in it, and as far as as far as the well, as far as the Packers, you know, um, the best players. Rodgers wants the best players. All the three best players are also the worst players for getting open. You know, Cobb and um, um, what's the guy, Sam, Sammy Watkins, Sam, um, yeah, Watkins, Sam and, Watkins, yep, yeah, Sam Watkins and Lazard are probably the three worst receivers on the team for getting open. They only got open the last couple of years because of Rodgers. The three best receivers are the two rookies and Rodgers. Those are the best yeah. players in the field who got speed and can speed themselves open. Mm-hmm. But anyway, hey, get us some. Um, and by the way, Hector, you did say it was uh, um, beef, I mean, pork and hash browns. He, he, said, he, he, sent about? Me, he sent me the recipe. Do you want me to copy and paste it? I can text it to you. <laughs> hey, I will now declare my man card gone for one day. <laughs> hey, it's a manly recipe. It's meat and potatoes and sour cream. It looks really good. I'll uh, I'll send it out. Yes, to you. I, I I can cook that, so I I, I can bring it in and, and you know. Hector, you need a taste tester. <laughs> I love it. Well, when we get everyone together, uh, Dave, before I let you go, we're going to talk about the Packers offense coming up next. What do the Packers, what, what do they have to be better at this year if they want to win a Super Bowl? What do they have to do this year that they haven't been able to do for the last 10 years? Does anything come to mind? What's been their, their bugaboo? What's been their sticking point? What's kept them from getting all the way to a Super Bowl since 2010? Anything come to mind? If not, well, that's fine. The, yeah, yep. The, yep. the regular season, they're fine, but every playoff game, what happens? Uh, uh, Aaron Jones fumbles the ball last year. The, t- um, the tight end, the big um, who's the tight end guy from? Um, it's Rogers' favorite guy. Been there for years. He's been there since God. All of a sudden, he fumbled the ball. But, but to me, what the biggest, what the biggest bugaboo is? It's going to be Matt Laflunk because every <laughs> year he gets to the playoffs and he all of a sudden goes into a shell, and that's the biggest bugaboo. Forget about the Elvis are going to be fine. They're going to go up and down the field because of their offensive line and their weapons. But can Matt LaFlunk stay out of the way when it comes playoff time? That's, Matt LaFlunk. 
plugs. That's the biggest thing. But oh, my God. Perfect. All right, man. I'm, give I'm, me some recipes. Yeah, I'm going to send this to you. Thanks for the call, Dave. Have a good one. All right, later. Dave in Monona. I'm going to send you this recipe. I'll copy and paste. Hector texted in and just for you. A couple of texts about the offense. I want to talk about, I think, the big improvement they need to make. And we're going to talk. I'm not, I'm not going to take a call. When we come back, I'm just going to get into it because I feel like we've been talking about this for a half hour and we just we need to do it. So Packers offense, we'll talk about it coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for being here. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I got a message from Zach Heilprin about the Aaron Rodgers ripping the wide receivers story, and he was making fun of me for it. And I thought for a sec he was listening. I was like, no way. Zach's tuned in. It's everything I've ever wanted since the show started over four years ago. He just saw my tweets. Sad. We're gonna we're gonna make a routine listener out of Zach Heilprin one of these days. I'm gonna break through that tough exterior. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna break you down, and you're gonna, you're gonna be stuck listening every day. It's only a matter of time. It's been four years. Any, any day now, I'm guessing. We gotta be, we gotta be close. Uh, a couple of texts. Let's see here. Rock and Rick. I need to come back to that. I can't make out what that means. Uh, Hector says this will make a pretty large casserole. It feeds my family. Okay, well that's food. Uh, that'll be enough for Dave probably. And another recipe from Kurt and Penny, which I appreciate, but I can read. On my own time. Although that does look delicious. Bacon-wrapped pork fillets with cottage cheese and blueberries. Whoa. I'm going to pass that along to Dave as well. Dave, you need anything else? Need some recipes? I'm making a uh, one of my favorite recipes tomorrow. I went shopping yesterday. Uh, some sort of uh, chickpea stew with veggies. You serve it over rice. A little Greek yogurt. Flavorless. Ooh, it's better than sour cream. Protein, too. Trip uh, tick from Ebo. Taught us that on the show a couple weeks back. It was probably a couple months ago now. Anyways, Packers offense. Where were we? We were talking about the Packers offense. Yes, that's right. I got a text here from Eau Claire Chris who says, finish in the red zone. That's what we need to do. We need to finish in the red zone. Well, that's true. If you think of some of the Packers playoff losses, a lot of field goals. You know, that came back to bite them a little bit against Seattle in 2014, just for example. And then some games they've been blown out by so much it Maybe doesn't even really matter. Sully says, is Zach ever happy? Ah, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm never around Zach in person. I think Zach likes to lead on that he's angry and annoyed by me all the time, which only makes me try harder to get through to him. Thank you, Sully. So we got one vote for the red zone. Dave Nona says Matt LaFlunk needs to stop getting in the way. So I want to talk about what the Packers offense needs to do better. I got a tweet yesterday from just Jeff, uh, one of the frequent tweeters of the show. And he asked just exactly how many points per game is realistic for the Packers, right? What can we expect? What what should the goal be? What should the bar be that this team, this offense has to meet? And I think before we attempt to answer that, we should get some context, right? If we're going points per game, which isn't a perfect stat, but for the sake of the conversation we're about to have, it'll work just fine. I went back and I pulled all the points per game all the way back to 2011, which is the year Rodgers won his first MVP and it was the year after the Super Bowl. So the current era of Packers football, I think this era started post-Super Bowl. We're in a post-Super Bowl world. So 2011, they had 35 points a game. 2012, 27 points a game. 2013, 26 points per game. 2014, 30 points per game. 
So for the first four years of this era, we had two MVP seasons, 2011-2014, 35 points per game, 30 points per game, respectively, moving forward. 2015, they scored 23 points a game. 2016, 27 points a game. In 2017, they only scored 20 points a game, but we're going to throw that out because Rodgers only started seven games. Then in 2018 and 2019, 23 and a half points each, which is interesting because in 2018, they had Mike McCarthy, they fired him, they had Joe Philbin, that team stunk, missed the playoffs. And then 2019, they went 13 and three, despite the offense from a points per game perspective, which I know isn't perfect. It's exactly the same. 2020, he won an MVP, 31.8 points per game. And in 2021, 26.5 points per game. So the output isn't as high, but the offense is still really effective. And Rodgers winning his fourth MVP last year. So in 2014, 2020, and 2021, the three most recent MVP campaigns for Rodgers, and probably their three best shots, certainly to win a Super Bowl, the problem wasn't points. It wasn't a quantitative issue. They would put up stretches and put up high totals over long periods of time. The issue wasn't quantitative. The issue is qualitative, right? In one big moment, they couldn't get it done. In one important moment of the game, they couldn't get that one important play. Think of Seattle. If they score one touchdown in the second half, they win. Or even get a couple of first downs, they couldn't do it. If they could have capitalized on one of Brady's interceptions in 2020, that would have been the game, but they couldn't do it. And they needed one more score against San Francisco last January. They couldn't do it. Think of the regular season games against Cleveland and Baltimore. They got up big on Baltimore. They just needed one score to put it away. They couldn't do it. Same with Cleveland. They just needed that one play. That one play eludes them. And that's all too often their issue on offense in the playoffs. Football is so situational, especially offense. You need to be good in specific situations. One play in a crucial situation can outweigh 10 plays in situations that aren't as important. That's maybe the most important thing we've talked about on the show tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that again. One play in a crucial situation can weigh a lot more than 10 plays in situations that aren't as important. Let that sink in for a sec. Think of Super Bowl 54, which is between Kansas City and San Francisco. The Niners had a double-digit lead. They, for three and a half quarters, really flummoxed Patrick Mahomes. They had him all over the place, wasn't playing well, For a large stretch of that game, three and a half quarters, the Niners made all the plays. And then in the fourth quarter, Patrick Mahomes makes a couple of big throws in huge moments, in huge situations, including that throw to Tyreek Hill on third and 15. And that decided the game. Quantitatively, if all plays are weighed equally, the Niners made more plays in that game. The Niners played better for long stretches. Quantitatively, the Niners were better in that Super Bowl. Qualitatively, the Chiefs won. They made the play or plays that mattered most in the biggest moments. And that's what Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and the Packers offense, they need to try to find out how to do that better in 2022. The timing of their mistakes and their successes in playoff games sucks. It's either they jump out to an early lead and then can't do anything, or they fall behind early and they dig themselves too deep a hole to climb out of. Their timing sucks their situational play sucks and that's not just the offense right that's the special teams going in the tank at the worst time that's the defense Kevin King giving up a touchdown from 50 yards out with only six seconds left in the half that's situationally trash Aaron Jones fumbling on his own five yard line bad situational football giving up points going into half giving up points at the end of the game having your worst special teams gaffes in the most important plays of an entire season 
situationally, this team has to be better. And it's easy for a team to control situations more on offense than defense. Because the offense, you're dictating terms. You're making the decisions. Defense, you're reacting to what the other team is doing. Which is why defense is spotty. You can have a great defense that gives up 35 points if a game goes a certain way. I think that's what happened at U.S. Bank last year. The Packers made a lot of good plays. They had the right plays called, but the ball just snuck in. Or Kirk Cousins made a throw, and it went right through a defender's hands, and it should have been picked, but it wasn't right. Sometimes a defense calls all the right plays, executes well for the most part, and it just doesn't work out because offense beats defense. A great offense is going to beat a good defense. We saw that against the Niners. Super Bowl I was talking about with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Super Bowl 54. Was that 2018, I think? 2017, 2018? Somewhere in there qualitatively, quality in the biggest, most important plays, the plays that matter most in the biggest moments. That's where the Packers have floundered in the last 10 years, really. It's not to say they can't score 25 points a game over the course of a season and have a really good offense and put up points. I I don't doubt this offense this season and their ability to put up points. I think they'll be fine, even without Devontae Adams. But on the biggest drive of the season, in the divisional round, or in the NFC Championship game, when the Packers are up three with the ball with four minutes to go, can you drive down and put it in the end zone and end the game? Because historically, they haven't been able to do that. Right? They've left the door open for the other team to come back and beat them, or they've fallen behind and they've been unable to get that one big score to really flip the game over. It's that one big play in the biggest moment that eludes them. And that's what they need to fix this year. That's what they need to be better at. Let's take a break. Come back. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Hector in on Alaska, following up with his recipes. Thank you, Hector. I will forward those to the appropriate parties. Uh, But also following up on the Packers offense, he says the one thing the Packers need to work on is consistency and poise. You watch them in the playoffs, they get behind a little bit, and you can tell that the team just falls apart mentally. No reason to dominate the regular season and have the same team over and over just dust you in the playoffs. Uh, Yes, to all that. (laughs) I think consistency and poise, poise especially, is a big part of in the biggest moment of the game, being able to execute and not step all over your, you know what? And the Packers for about a decade now have been stepping all over their, you know what's. Speaking of stepping all over their, you know what's, Eric on I-90 is here. Eric, hello. What's up? Hey, how you doing, Grant? Uh, I am doing swell. It's been a good show. Nice variety of topics. Uh, you, you normally call around this time. Bring us home. What do you got? Yeah, well, time is everything, right? I agree. And... And something's gonna get something's gonna get old here. Have you have you watched So Gone yet? I'm watching. I'm watching tonight. I'm I'm finishing the show tonight. I've been busy the last two nights. Okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll wait then. I'll wait. You know. Um, <laughs> I seen it. It's uh, good. Recommend watching it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil anything for you. Please you don't. You just gotta remember if you're trying to figure out what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. The better call Saul. Is a love story. Oh, it's also a prequel. So, well, I, but I guess it's not like the most of the show is the prequel, but I'm assuming it's going to end in a post-breaking bad reality with Gene's character 
Um, so yeah, the last episode I saw was the one where he was about to go in the house. So he's he's gonna get busted. He's got to get busted. So I'm assuming he's gonna end up in the clink. And I don't know how they I don't know how they wrap it up. But I'm very excited to watch tonight. I'm gonna let you watch the show. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna spill my guts on anything. Are you a romantic? Um, You're here talking about love stories. You seem like a romantic type, Eric. You know I am. Okay. I am. I'm Good. Saying, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a romantic guy. It's, Good. It's just in my nature. Good. You know? Good. Um, stay on topic, I guess. <laughs> you know, the thing about Green Bay is, is it's, it's all in Rogers' hands, isn't it? I mean, if we take the group of wide receivers that are in Green Bay, and I'm looking at this from a fantasy standpoint, okay? Mm-hmm. Fantasy football standpoint, if I still played it. They're garbage if Aaron Rodgers is not their quarterback. Yeah, they're yeah. garbage. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could look at Aaron Jones they're, or AJ Dillon. Like, that's a, that, they're going to get some they're, carries, but I don't know that I'm dying to get anyone. Yeah, I agree with you. They're they're, they're total garbage. They're like third quarterbacks. I mean, right? I mean, wide receivers. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our true. I mean, Devontae Adams is a true great wide receiver. He's going to do just fine. In Oakland, he might not have quite the numbers that yeah that he had with Green Bay because he got so much. You know, he had the Aaron Rodgers trust. Got to have the trust, right? You ain't gonna oh. get anywhere without the trust. But I know. God forbid they should just be open thing. and he just throws them the ball. We got to yeah. have the trust too, right? If they're open, and but I don't trust them. Don't, and I I don't know Duh. if that's a, I don't know if that's group think or if that's really true, right? Is that group speak group think? Well, Aaron Rodgers does. Is that true? Does Aaron Rodgers come out and say, I just don't trust the guy? I don't Is know. I, I remember a couple of I years ago, so. I was I was watching the Vikings, and Kirk Cousins threw to Chad Beebe on, like, fourth and three because he was wide open. And I was sitting there thinking, I wish Rodgers would do that. Just throw it to the open guy and not worry so much about trust. Right. Now, and, I, and you, you broke that plane, so I'm going to go over to the Vikings. Yep. Justin Jefferson is a true great wide receiver. Yes. Because he's done this with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who's a bit of a You know what I mean? And, yes. And and the thing is, is that when you watch some Justin Jefferson highlights, and same thing with Devontae Adams, you know, I've heard Aaron Rodgers talk about, like, this three-foot window he wants to hit. So let's say that it's a, a three-foot circle. And... You know, you throw that in that three-foot circle, Justin Jefferson snags it. Devontae yes. snags it. Yep. And these other guys, everybody else, Adam Thielen probably catches 50% of them. Mm-hmm. These other guys are garbage. They don't make that catch. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the thing that I'm settling on with the whoever's going to be the number one Packers wide receiver is who can be in the spot where Aaron Rodgers wants them to be when they want them to be there. Right. And if you can do that, I think yeah, you can be right. really, really successful there in Rodgers, even if you're not the fastest or the strongest or jump the highest or or whatever. I, I just wish sometimes Rodgers would cut it loose a little bit more and not worry about trust so much. It's like, well, trust the offense. If the offense says this guy is supposed to get open and the ball is supposed to go to him, trust the offense. Don't don't worry about trusting the wide receiver as much, you know. Right. And I do think that the LaFleur offensive system, too, is is really based on there, there's a lot more timing in that yeah. than with other teams. And 
which is actually quite remarkable about Kirk Cousins because with their <laughs> offensive line, you're not going to get any timing. No, no. Right? And it's not like he's he's, he's not back, he's not mobile enough to scoot around and avoid pressure either. So that's that's something else to factor right. in. Eric, I'm so sorry. I wish we had another sixty seconds. I gotta be I gotta be out in forty seconds. Sorry to let you go. I'm sorry. Talk to you later, bud. Bye. Yeah, have an awesome night. That is our friend Eric on I ninety, one of our resident Vikings fans. I can't wait to talk about week one with Eric. What's that Monday after the show gonna be like? The Vikings beat the Packers at US Bank and oh god. Uh, Eric's not a he, he's not a braggart though. He'll be a good winner or loser, as will I. I always appreciate the insight from Eric. Tomorrow, Mike Clements will be here. We'll see. We'll see what the Brewers do tonight. Maybe they'll do something else. If Yelich hits another home run tonight, we'll talk about the Brewers for two hours. <laughs> I'll talk to you tomorrow. Before.